Welcome to What, what You Wearing. In this episode, we're going to talk about opening up. Fashion is back. It's on its way back. Is it? It's it's it's, it's getting there. And then vocabulary is police. Uh, police, police. <laughs> then we're gonna do our fabulous hot looks, and we are going to get the rundown tonight on Abercrombie and Fitch. Abercrombie or Abercrombie? Honey! Honey! <laughs> Welcome to What You Wearing! What You Wearing, What You Wearing! Okay, William, so what? here we are. Yes. And I'm so excited because this morning. I saw my dear friend Mia. Okay. And Wait, anyone, I think I know Mia. You've met I've Mia. I've met Mia. Yes. Anyone that knows me birthday knows dinner. Mia. Yeah, exactly. I think, I think birthday yes, dinner. my birthday dinner. Uh-huh. Anyone that knows me knows Mia. Mia will be very happy for me to let you know she's 86 years God bless old and her. fabulous. Million and dollar smile. Million dollar smile. Mm-hmm. And she is just, she's in her um, retirement home we'll call it and i haven't been able to see her so today i saw her for the first time in over a year that's crazy and she doesn't have facetime and there's no way you can like you know she doesn't have a phone like that so it was really great just to see her and be with her and i was sitting there and and as we were talking i noticed she was wearing this amazing boiled wool Mm -hmm. cos jacket in a fabulous pistachio green (gasps) And it was just, she was just wearing, she was wearing all black and this pistachio green cost jacket. And I was just like, that girl, I love that. She goes, yes, my daughter got it for me. You know, after you took me there, Mark Allen, now I get everything there. And do you know cost? Do you have a You're the one that turned me on to it. No. So cost is like H&M luxury. We have to do a whole brand view on it. It's really fascinating. Uh So it's like H&M, but it's more refined. It almost has, um, because after you told me about it, I went in. To like you know investigate, to me it almost has a um, German helmet long kind of clean vibe to it. It is absolutely you know H and M is a Swedish company. It is absolutely okay. that Scandinavian vibe. Totally, totally minimalist, but like a crazy big leg and a crazy poofy dress and it, and they're just and they're beautiful and great price point. So I do a lot there. Uh, for her, I, my clients even love it for little simple pieces. Yeah. But anyway, so I was sitting there looking at her and smiling. We had a great visit. I brought her her Hershey bars as promised. I'm like, nice. what can I smuggle in for you? She's like, Hershey bars. So no problem, honey. Now, I want you to know that when I'm 86 and someone asks me, what can I smuggle in for you? Mm-hmm. I'm going to be like, Gucci wallet. I want a Gucci wallet. <laughs> I'm not going to be <laughs> I'm not gonna be so inexpensive. I would have bought her whatever she asked for. Well, that's seen, well, that's good to know. Right? I went. I hadn't seen her in a year. I adore and love her. I was like, whatever you want, you just tell me what you want. I'm gonna bring you what you want. She wanted a Hershey bar, so I bought her a Whoa. six pack of Hershey bars. I'm like, when I'm 86, I'm gonna be like, I want a Gucci wallet. <laughs> yeah, but like, if, okay, if 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 it had to be a food product, what would it be? Like if like a guilty pleasure snack thing, what would oh, it be? Oh, chocolate chip cookie dough. Just wait a minute. I've just I know. The dough? I know. You, you know the... you know Boa, right? I gave you those cookies last time I saw you. How good were they? I made them, and I was like, because they were you know they were big balls of um, cookie dough, right? So you had said, oh, they're really dense, so be careful of that. So what I did was is I cut each one in half, yeah. mashed them, and cooked them. I was like, okay. So you have four cookies. I have four cookies. I yeah. said, okay, you're going to eat two uh-huh. and save two for another day. Uh-huh. Didn't work out so Yeah, well. you ate all four. I ate all I four. I told you. That- but to justify it, I said, well, it's technically two cookies, and I cut it into two more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I only ate two cookies. I mean, they're like... Six inches across these cookies, <laughs> yeah. and they're so good. And I had I was going on a road trip, and I had three cookie doughs left, uh-huh. and I was like, "Well, I can't waste them, and they're no. not going to be good when I get back in a week." Oh no, so you eat them raw. <laughs> so I put the three of them into a Ziploc bag and ate them on my road trip. Wow! And I was literally thirty minutes from my house when they were all gone, and they are so good. I'm wow. gonna go back and buy more of those. I love them. That's what I would uh, cookie. What about you? What would be your thing? But you'd have to have. I think, because it's been my obsession since, I think, fifth grade, uh, pralines and cream, Baskin Robbins. I'm. Oh. It's just like, ugh. 
heaven and a spoon and a good sterling silver and no need spoon. for a bowl and no bowl <laughs> that's no bowl, what I'm saying just there's not going to be anything left over thanks so it makes me think about you know that I'm going to see her and then eventually I'm going to be able to take her out and we'll go to cost and we'll go shopping and we'll like people are starting to open up so it made me wonder what do we think it's going to be like as things open up. So I have several questions for you, William. Yes. First of all, do you think people are going to be like, oh my gosh, I'm so excited to go out and wear all the stuff that I bought last year that I never wore? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I, I think they'll do that. I mean, when, when it first started happening, I thought, oh, people are not going to want to wear an old season because, you know, there's, there's two seasons after the fact. Right. Or three. Right. But I think people are going to get a little more creative. I think they're going to continue buying, but I think, like you said, they're going to mix those pieces with, quote-unquote, old season pieces and get a little more creative, I think. Yeah, because I have a lot of clients who have bought last year, like January, February, they're buying early spring stuff, and then Mm -hmm. they never wore it. And there was never anywhere for them to go, and they had all summer and spring where they just weren't wearing anything. So I feel like there's going to be a lot of people that are eager to get out, but maybe want to be wearing stuff that they've had already that they haven't really had a chance to wear. Yeah, and I mean, you want to get your money's worth. You don't want to, you know, the longer you wait, the older it'll be. So you might as well, you know, jump on it now. Right? I mean, it's going to be interesting to see. I mean, I know that the idea of meeting friends out for dinner, you know, socially distanced or outside and doing all that is... You know, we're so lucky in L.A. that we can be yeah, outside so and not freeze time. to death, right? But to, to even go and do that now, I'm, I'm, I'm noticing that I have to actually get my head around, oh, not just a t-shirt, and oh, I can pull out my leather jacket, and yeah. oh, I can, you know, it's like a whole different yeah. mindset, I think. It is, and actually, it's interesting you say that. I was at a dinner, well, no, like brunch a couple of weeks ago at the Abbey outside, and my friend is like, uh, uh, he's like... A city freak, like he knows what is being built when and by whom and blah blah blah. So that space that's across from the Abbey, which used which used to be like Bossa Nova and then yep. that burger place, that's going to be like a whole new shopping hotel, hotel situation. Yeah. But he told me that, which I didn't know, that it's going to be about seven stories tall. Yeah. So that now means all of that beautiful sun that you would get in the afternoon at the Abbey is all going to be a shadow now. Well, I don't know. I don't or a shorter period of time. Well, I I don't know. So I actually know the people that own that property. Ha! Wow. The Adlers, Jamie Adler. I guess her husband's name not Adler, but Jamie Adler and her mother bought all that land years and years ago. And her mother was Phyllis Morris, the famous interior designer. Yeah. And her mother is the one who invented the poodle lamp. <laughs> Of the 60s. Remember Shut the up. Yeah. They're famous, famous. They sold thousands of those things. And so they owned all that land. And I believe, because I saw renderings of it like about five years ago. Mm-hmm. And I believe that that corner is going to be like open space in a park. And then there, it's all going to come to the back of it. And then the hotel will be back, a little set back, kind of where the old nightclub was. That big warehouse building okay. that was there is really where the hotel is going to be set. And that down at the corner will be either one story or low. It's not going to be like a seven story out to that corner. Right. And I'm not sure. Oh, it's going to be sunken into Yep. The, and I'm not actually sure that those two restaurants are going because those two restaurants are on different land. No, the, no, the, the Bossanova is definitely going. Really? That's going to go and they're going to reopen a space on sunset and then i was also told that you know that burger place is on the corner yeah my friend showed me a rendering it's going to be uh best way to describe it is an oversized kind of brass gilded cage structure how appropriate yeah how appropriate yeah i'm sure we'll have to be pulling guys out of those cages the entire time this is by the way we're talking about if you're not an la person this is like west hollywood this is like West Hollywood architectural culture that we're talking about. Yeah. This is very, very important to the gays in West Hollywood. Well, no, to the world, because it's, you know, that it's, no, it's, that's, that's a tourist spot for people get, from all over the world. And I, I didn't realize it, because I guess, because we live here, so we're not, like, that impressed by stuff, because it's right, you know, in our neighborhood. But it's, it's globally, they said, one of the most popular establishments as far as a bar in, oh, the, in the world. Yeah, yeah. The Abbey is... So that street attracts a lot of 
Yeah, and that street's pretty important. I mean, they have one block over is where they have the big Vanity Fair mm-hmm. um, Oscar party, mm-hmm. and they have all that. Yeah, so who Dylan knows? It'll be it'll be interesting to see. But side note: so we're doing. If you were to look at what people are going to start wearing right. to these brunches that we're doing, right. to all these other things that are happening, mm-hmm. like when you go to that. Right when you had brunch with your friend, did you want to put something new on? Or did you want to, oh, oh my no. gosh, I can't wait to put on this shirt again and go out? No, I, I you know what? To your point, yeah, I, there were there were times I put on, like, I wore this brand new Valentino shirt that I bought, and I was like, I don't know why I'm buying this, because <laughs> I have nowhere to wear it. But I was drawn to it, because my favorite color is green, and I have a thing for elephants. So they had the two things, so I was like, I have to have this. So I wore that. And now that now that I go out for like outdoor brunches and stuff, I like full on outfit, a full on look. Right, but do you want new stuff or do you want to finally be using the stuff that you bought last year or the stuff that you've owned? It's a mix of everything. Okay, it's so it's a little hodgepodge. So, but it's not like you want to go buy all new stuff. No. And I wondered. I'm interested to see how that's going to go down. And I think that the buys are so small again because mm-hmm. I know that they made the buys really um, small for fall. And a buy is like a store deciding how much inventory and what inventory they're going to put into their store. Exactly, yeah. That's what a buy is. So, and that'd be a great vocabulary word one day. 100%. Kind of and how it works and, and what works. markets and what have you. So, but the buy is, you know, it's interesting to see because I bet it's going to be pretty small for spring. I think fall 2021 will be the full crazy buy where people are back in full swing because I think that New York is be fully open in the fall. Well, they, they, you know, like those those shows have shown and they were fantastic shows. So it'll be interesting to see who took a chance on amazing pieces because yeah. these last two seasons because of the pandemic they're buying very conservatively. There's not a lot of yeah. drama, bells and whistles. It's Well, real. there's just not a place to go in that stuff. I mean, like, usually people that were the real customers that were buying that stuff, the wife of an executive mm-hmm. or the husband of an executive, mm-hmm. were getting these great pieces to go to these big entertainment events, for example, in L.A. or big financial events in New York, right. and those aren't happening. No. So now, if those events are going to start happening again, they're buying the new current. They're not. So it'll be interesting to me yeah. to see how that all opens up, and I don't... Because the quantities are going to be so much smaller, I don't think it's going to be like huge sale times. I think it's going to be very much that thing of if you see something you love, you better buy it. Well, one thing I have noticed probably in the last two years I've noticed, which is interesting, a lot back, you know, years ago, I don't know, five, six years ago, each store, no matter what city you were in, had a size run of like, say, uh, a certain floral skirt. Right. Each store had a size run of that. Now... And the size run would be like a 2, a 4, a 6, an 8, a 10, a 12, and a 14, depending on how high they go. Right. So that's what a size run is. I'm just trying to keep everyone connected, because William just throws out these terms. <laughs> like everyone knows exactly, automatically what a size run is. <laughs> William's like, oh yeah, a yeah, size run. I'm like, okay, so I'm going to just explain a size run to you. <laughs> but, this, it, I, it, but the scary thing to me was, uh, now... Throughout the nation, stores are sharing one size run. Yeah. That's, Oscar de Renta, for uh, sure. I, they that, were like I noticed, two, I noticed they had that like, at Oscar de la Renta. They had two size runs for the whole country, I think. That's, so it was like, if you want a pair of pants, like, we have one. It's in Houston. I'm all, Houston's underwater. I don't what Are they even dry? What What's going on in Houston with those pants? Give me those pants. And, yeah. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to yeah. see. I mean, it's, a, it's an exciting time. It's an interesting time. And I think that um, people are going to be excited to go out and that people are going to want to dress up and put it together. Mm-hmm. I think people have had enough of sweats and tights and little oh, lemons please, yes. hanging out at home. Yes. So I'm hoping, I'm hoping. Um, okay, so William, I hear that you have an amazing vocabulary word. Now, when you said this vocabulary word to me earlier, yes. I don't. I have no idea what this is. Are you but serious? I'm serious. Okay. I'm, 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 and I'm proudly said I have no idea. Okay. But here it is, our vocabulary word of the day. The vocabulary word is plissé. Oh. P-L-I-S-S-E. And you know what? I have to say, I did not know of this term until I signed on with Dolce Gabbana when we opened our flagship store back in 2000. 
And that was a season they did tons of plissé. So I learned what plissé was. And what plissé is, it's um, a gathered pleat. I guess the best way to kind of describe what it looks like visually is if you look at the very, very top of drapery in like a home. Yeah, where it's like super tightly gathered. Those tight, tight, tight pleats that yeah. you see at the top, that is considered uh, plissé. So plissé is not a fabric. It's a it's technique. A, it's a technique that provides... Exactly. So like a... Um, um, I'm just visual and an idiot. So mm. let me just say like a men's kilt... But not have any plissé about it because it's pretty much a wide pleat. It's a wide pleat, um, and I believe that is technically a box pleat. Okay, let's talk about. We are not talking about box pleats no, today. No, no, no. But that's, you said plissé. Yeah. One pleat <laughs> at a time, please. I, One pleat <laughs> at a time. I like that a T-shirt. One pleat at a time. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there's some seamstress saying like, "Yes, one pleat at a time." <laughs> but like a man's a man's kilt would be more of a uniform and wider pleat. Plissé normally is done. Uh, it's usually done on finer fabrics. Yeah, I learned about it. It was on a chiffon, and what they do is they wet the chiffon, they pleat it while it's wet, and then they weight it so that the pleat stays in the fabric. What do you mean they weight it? Wait, wait weights like actual because a lot of it's done hand done. So it, there's actual weights like. So they know. take okay, so they take all this silk. Mm-hmm. So they must have cut the skirt first, right? So the skirt must be all assembled, mm-hmm. and then they make the pleating, and then they put these weights like. The, no, I I believe the I believe the fabric is the fabric's done is is weighted and okay. pleated on its own. Then it's cut to. Skirt, blouse, sleeves, wow. what have you, yeah. yeah. Okay, and now, I don't know quite how to ask you this question, but when yeah. I hear plissé, it makes me think of, like, there's certain pleats that when you look at them, they're kind of flat, uh-huh. right? And then the pleats kind of come out, but then there's other ones where it looks like they're actually, like, back-to-back, um, an inch and an inch and an inch, and inch like, like, really put together. Like an accordion. Like an accordion. Yes, like that is that. Uh, that is exactly what it looks like. So what it, it protrudes is. out right. to actually have the space for the folds of right. the pleat. Right, Versus, a, like, a simple pleat might not have that protrusion. No. And a lot of times you'll see plissé is cut, uh, it has a, a handkerchief hem as opposed to just a straight one. Okay, and I feel like I've seen plissé at um, Burberry quite a bit. Oh yeah, because do those, like, Ricardo Tichy is a huge, huge fan of plissé. Like you'll see it in his pieces when he was with Givenchy, and you see it in the, the Burberry pieces. And so, like plissé. So, would you, if you were gonna be selling a skirt, right? Would you say, here is this gorgeous plissé skirt, right? Or would you say that here's this gorgeous skirt? It has a plissé pleat. How would you say it? I would just I I, I always said it plissé skirt. Just please say. And we should all just know. Yeah. It's so that Julia Roberts moment from, what's that movie? From Pretty Woman. Uh-huh. Where she's like, they go in and go, do you want a please say skirt? She's like, I don't know what you want. Like, you know, like it's like, it's so. Like, like what's that? It's yeah, so yeah. bougie. Oh, it's a please say skirt. If you don't know what that is, you can't afford it. <laughs> well, we don't want to be that, you know, abrupt. But, we don't. You know, we're here to, you got to educate the kids. I got that. I got That's that. kids with a Z. Uh-huh. Now, <laughs> now how, how long ago did the please a skirt start? Do you know that? I don't know that, but I, I would say at least, I don't know, probably late 1900s. Yeah. I mean, it's probably, because I... Because I think there is there is definitely a historical background to it. And it's got like a, it's like a lot of technique to it. And you, you know what, now that I'm talking about it, good examples of plissé you can see in like the old Grecian goddesses. Uh, okay. On their, on like kind of their own pair of gowns. Honey, and stuff. that is not the late 1900s. The late 1900s is 1990. I'm, I know. I just, but I'm just realizing that while I'm saying it. <laughs> the Greeks were like in the. It just popped in my head. Early 1900s. <laughs> no, it just popped in my head. I think the Greek goddesses were really like a long time ago. Oh my gosh, we are not very historical, are we? No, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, because I could see it also being like something that they would use for a big poofy sleeve for Queen Elizabeth. They use it a like, lot on sleeves. Yeah, and like really to give that. And um, awesome. And it's very high It's very high intensity in terms of labor, so it's probably a very expensive thing. Very expensive. Thing. Very yeah, so it's expensive. not the kind of thing. Now, one thing about pleating that's really expensive is if you imagine a skirt 
takes two yards of fabric to make a skirt, maybe. Oh, it's far more when you're pleating it. Right, but if you're pleating it, it's probably four times that. Uh-huh. So least. if you're talking about $100, I mean, it's just the, the, it's a four times as expensive just for the fabric. And then the labor, yeah. skirt labor is pretty basic. Once you have your pattern, uh-huh. you just cut it, cut it, and sew it together. But the, you know, a plissé skirt, it must have a... And um, plissé is so tiny that it probably takes even more fabric than we can imagine because it's very small pleats it's like i said it's like the uh, it's almost like a. it's like an accordion it is really something that we're gonna have to have some very good examples of on instagram oh, i already have them okay i, I bet already you have them ready <laughs> i have the references so you guys can get the visual that will make please say that will make eric our instagram and facebook guru very happy yes to have examples ready mm-hmm. to go mm-hmm. we got Good, awesome. All right, now we are going to do some hot looks. So, my hot look was actually quite simple this time. Okay. And I know I've previously had rants. I've been very bitter. (laughs) Salty, Um, salty. (laughs) A little Party of one. Uh, Party of one. Always have been. Always will be. You never know. Um, And I, I just, for some reason, loved, loved, loved Taylor Swift at the Grammys. It's a beautiful dress. She wore that Oscar de la Renta, and it was, it was custom. Um, and it was just this mini dress that looked like, you know, Michael's, the craft shop. It looked like all the flowers mm-hmm. had fallen onto the ground mm-hmm. and they just super glued them all together, mm-hmm. petal to petal. Mm-hmm. And it just covered her entire body. And it just, it was just happy. I think it was so on brand for her because mm-hmm. she's trying to, you know, really have that um, sexy, cool, modern girl because it's very short. Right. And then she's just got this classic southern girl charm of mm-hmm. all the flowers on it. And mm-hmm. I I just found it to be such a a, a, beaut- a pretty. I just found it pretty. I, I also like- thought it was reminiscent of um uh crochet flowers. Yes, yes, like my grandma would do. Right. Yeah. Right. And it also had a Which little Which can go wrong. It can go so wrong. But the fit of it was not my grandma's flowers, may she rest in peace. But like it can go wrong, those kind of things. But, but it there was, was right. stuff, it was also something of the colors that they chose. Uh-huh. They were like really bright. There was uh-huh. like a little not neon, but it was like pretty much primary, happy, bright colors. Mm-hmm. Springtime. Yeah, I just yeah. thought she was just really rocking it in that. And I I was you know, when you do something like that, that's pretty. I, I, I'm, I'm very much into that. I feel like it's got um, such a, um, I don't know. There's confidence in that. Like you yeah. don't have to be overly sexy. Like there's confidence makes people sexy. Well, the cut of it was definitely sexy. Yeah, and, and I think that's what made the crocheting of it young. Yeah, because it was little and short and. I'm just little and short, and then she just does all the shoots. That, you know, every picture she was just smiling and happy and there and I just thought it was a, a great moment. I, 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 it didn't even take me long. Sometimes I'm like scrolling and scrolling and scrolling trying to find my hot look uh-huh. and this was just clearly it for me. I just thought it was such a win uh-huh. and I know you know people have such opinions about Taylor Swift Right. I know right. you do Yeah, right. <laughs> yes. but I just I just found it to be an, you know, and I think it was, it, it, was a, it was like I said it was a nice burst of springtime yeah. It was and a it was, nice color kind of And shock. it still felt, to me, funky enough oh, yeah, to be sure. relevant for the Grammys. For sure. Because I think it's hard to wear Oscar Laurenta to the Grammys and not look like, you know, you're borrowing your mom's dress. Right. You know what I'm saying? But I think with that new team now, with, the, you know, the Monse team... It's 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 a different it's a different situation. Yeah. Well, it's not quite as different as they think it should be because Monse's got some crazy stuff. Monse, by the way, is another I love brand. Monse. Yeah, we have to, Monse we have to another, cover that at some point. We will, but Monse is this other brand, and you can go. They'll, they're Nordstrom carries a buy of it, and it's just like, nope, nope, interesting, interesting, nope, nope. I, I mean, love yeah, everything. I mean, yeah, but you must. It's. I mean, I, I just I love everything yeah, about it. I don't know what to do with any of it. It's like, where are you wearing any of that? That's all. Okay, that's <laughs> that's my thing. Don't get me started, William. Don't get me started. What is your hot look? My hot look, and I'm kind of surprised at myself that Uh-oh. I was this into her look, but um, Billie Eilish. Oh. 
And anyone that really knows me knows I'm obsessed with any shade of green. Obsessed, obsessed. But she wore this um, floral jacquard tunic, um, kind of balloon sleeves. The whole front of it was um, Swarovski crystals embroidered all over it. Then there was a wide leg pant that accompanied, accompanied and, it. And jacquard is a type of fabric. That's not the brand, right? It is. Okay, so what brand was it? What it was Gucci. I'm sorry. It, it was Gucci. It was Gucci. Okay. I saw quite a bit of Gucci again. Yeah, and I actually, I think last our last episode, I was it was a Gucci pick. Yeah, you but like it, Gucci. It, I mean, it is what it is, but Gucci, I love... Gucci, Gucci, goo. But I love how her hair would go from like this acid green to this dark forest green. And then she wore this emerald kind of crystal headpiece, kind of... Um, Harken back to the mid twenties, let's say, yeah, kind of flapper girl, a little roaring twenties, a little roaring twenties, and then she did uh, true to her brand. She wore these kind of lug loafers. Those were custom as well, with the iconic Gucci horse bit detail on it. And then the icing on the cake were these fingerless gloves in the same brocade. But then her nails were the same green as the glove. It was just, I just loved how it was put together on her. And it spoke to being a musical artist as opposed to a pretty girl in a pretty dress. Like, she looked like a musical artist. And yeah. I loved it. She's not really into the pretty girl thing anyway. No. It's really, I mean, if you saw her last year at that, she was just wearing that crazy Gucci G-G-G-G-G-G tunic stuff. Too. Right. And her, so. her thing is not it not being about so much her and her body. Because she's really curvy. Is but, she? Oh, yeah. You can't tell him to that, that. But that's the point. Yeah. She's really curvy, but she hides it with, you know, these tunics and oversized pieces. She's and a smart girl. One day when she's pregnant, we'll have had no idea. You won't know. She'll have produced out, like, quadruplets, and mm-hmm. no one will know. She's like a new version of, let's say, Sia. Oh, don't know. Do not Kind of so. No, I mean, no, I'm saying visually. No, I'm saying visually. No, mm, like, you don't no, know everything no, that's... no. No, no, I'm a decline. Oh, I decline. No, decline. I decline. I decline. I just think Sia has such this clean funkiness, and there's just no, no, no. What I'm, what I'm saying, Billy has like this. No, this when edge I said that, when I said that, I meant it like there's this. You don't know what's going on under there. There's okay. this. There is this mystery about. Is that her body? Is that not her body? What? There's mystery about it, I guess. That I will give the you. The mystery. I will give you that. Okay. I will give you that. But she is not the new Sia. No, no, no. Way. Not sound-wise. No. Oh. And I tried to also listen to her music. I could get like a couple songs, but the rest of it, I was just like, ah, oh, no. I'm yeah, not, you definitely sure. have to be in the mood. I'm too old, maybe. It might no, just be No, it's, it's a vibe, because I think she kind of speaks to like... If you're a fan, there's a group called the Cocktail Twins or um, Annie Lennox, kind oh. of the kind of the darker Again, moody. No, she's not Annie Lennox either. Oh no, 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 not I mean, by any oh, means. Oh, no, I'm I am Annie Lennox and Sia. I'm on your team. I am no, not. No, Annie Lennox is a queen in my book. Yeah, thank like, you. Like she is curtsy. Kurt, we are both curtsying here. She's next level. Yeah, yeah. By the way, if you have some free time ever. Mm-hmm. Look at Annie Lennox's Instagram page. Oh, I follow her. She is just brilliantly funny. I'm obsessed. And she's I'm great. She plays her piano at home. I'm just like, I love her. I'm obsessed. Before with I her. die, I'm going to see her in concert. Yeah. I just want you to yeah. know. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for that, William. Absolutely. And now we have another brand view. All right. So this. <laughs> Now, look, I know we've covered Old Navy, okay? Uh And then now I'm just, and I don't know why these brands are so interesting to me, but when we first sat down and we're talking about what we're going to cover in our podcast, Mm -hmm. this is just one of the brands that we threw out there, and I just said, you know what, I'm just going to do it. So I did all this research. This company is crazy, okay? So first of all, not crazy. I can't wait to hear. I mean, I, I know what I think... You don't Visually know. from the outside? You have no idea. But I you have, have no, a feeling I might, but go ahead. You have no idea. So first of all, they were a very, very important day is the day they were founded. June 4th, my birthday, is the day that Abercrombie was founded. Wow. And it was 1892, my birth year. Look at that. Strike <laughs> up the band. Strike up the band. Um, okay, so their, their uh, headquarters are in New Albany, Ohio. 
Okay. And Abercrombie and Fitch, or A and F as it's known, um, has three offshoot brands: Abercrombie Kids, uh-huh. Hollister Company, and uh-huh. Gilly Hicks. Do you know Gilly Hicks or uh-huh. Jilly Hicks? Gilly Hicks is like I thought they were Australian, but apparently they're not. Gilly Hicks is like uh, pajamas. It's kind of, kind of like a Victoria's Secret loungewear thing. Gotcha. So it's not sexy lingerie, but it's more, it's got like bras and panties and just like. And sweet kind of dresses and kind of casual. You'll, you'll, I don't even know where there is one in LA. It's not the point. It's not who we're talking about. But anyway. And they're not, I thought they're not having, they have nothing to do with American Eagle? Nope. American Eagle's are competition. Yeah. Ah, okay. Yeah, American Eagle. I thought that was them. them so the company was founded in 1892, June 4th, in a Manhattan borough of New York City by David T. Abercrombie. Mm-hmm. Or Abercrombie, however you want to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, as an outfitter for the elite outdoorsmen. I remember that time. Okay. You remember that time? No, I remember. No, 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 no. What I'm saying is I remember the old, the old Abercrombie stores were like fish and tackle stores. Yeah. Oh, wait, just wait for it. So, and then Ezra Fitch was a big client of his. And Ezra Fitch was a wealthy lawyer and a real estate developer. Mm -hmm. And he bought all of his travel and his outfitter stuff. Um, for his outdoors trips from Abercrombie Company. Uh-huh. And then in 1900, so eight years after Abercrombie opened, mm-hmm. Ezra Fitch bought into it. And he bought a huge portion of it. And in 1904, mm-hmm. it was incorporated and renamed Abercrombie and Fitch. Huh. So Fitch, so this is like not even the original guy. So Fitch, who was the lawyer and the de- you know the developer, uh-huh. he uh, bought Abercrombie's share of the business and became the sole owner from 1907 to 1928. Okay. Okay. So they were and it, they were. Um, an elite outfitter of sporting and excursion goods. So imagine in the nineteen early teens, right? Mm-hmm. You go on a fancy safari to Africa. You've got all your Louis Vuitton trunks. You've got all that. It's full of Abercrombie and Fitch. Yeah. Which is like, what? Yeah. So that's what they were doing. And um, they, were ex- they were particularly noted for its expensive shotguns, fishing rods, fishing boats, and tents, mm-hmm. which I think would be fascinating to, like, get in and find out where those are. I mean, mm-hmm. someone's selling those um, things. Had you never, have you never seen the original stores? I had not seen the original stores. They were, like... like, But it made me think of, like, the original Banana Republics. But it was more... Not industrial, but it was more serious. Like, there were stuffed uh, animals on the wall. It was like going into a safari shop. Well, it this whole thing goes real dark real quick, don't you worry. Okay. Okay. So then, some interesting facts. It outfitted Theodore Roosevelt's safari mm-hmm. and Admiral Richard Byrd's expedition to Antarctica. Mm-hmm. Ernest Hemingway was a regular customer, and following his death in 1961, his wife placed several of his guns on consignment with Abercrombie and Fitch. Mm-hmm. So you could buy a Ernest Hemingway gun at an Abercrombie and Fitch store. I believe okay? it. Okay? So um, then things went down um, downhill. Uh-oh. Yeah. <laughs> and so what happened was, they just kind of kept doing this same thing, and by the 70s, it was dead. Okay, Mm -hmm. and um, they uh, started having to sell off all of this amazing inventory they had. So, and they they filed bankruptcy in 1976, Uh and that's when they closed their flagship store on Madison Avenue, Uh and it was at East 45th Street. Uh Oh, then they closed East 45th Street in 1977. So it was sat there as a brand dead since 1976. Mm -hmm. 1978, Mm -hmm. a man from Houston, Texas named Jake Oshman bought it. And he owned a company called Oshman's Sporting Goods. Mm -hmm. And he bought the the name of the firm Mm -hmm. and the mailing list Hmm. for $1.5 million. Okay? Okay. And he bought that in 1978. He relaunched the company as a mail-order retailer specializing in hunting wear and novelty items. Okay? And he did that. He opened a shop in Beverly Hills and in Dallas, and by the mid-1980s, one in New York City. Yep. My roommate, fun fact, my roommate was the assistant store manager of the store on South Street Seaport. No. Well, 1988... Oshman sold the company name and operations to dun, 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 dun. Ugh, the Limited. 
1988. I do remember uh, So a clothing that. change operated based in Columbus, right? And then it shifted its focus to young adults. Uh-huh. And then it became a publicly traded company. Uh-huh. And so then it began to grow into one of the largest apparel firms in the United States. Hmm. And in 1997... Um, since 1997, they've kept a very high profile due to advertising, philanthropy, and its involvement in legal conflicts over branding, which we will get to. <laughs> they were the originators of the scandal. Now, they were also, from what I understood and what I've read, they were one of the hardest hit brands from H&M and Forever 21. So when Forever 21 and H&M, which is, we call fast fashion. So in the business, fast fashion means something's on a runway and then something's available for $19.99 that anybody can go in and buy it. And it's fast and easy and it's limited wear. It's going to fall apart. It's going to fall apart, know, yeah. You have no major expectations of it. But right. that's what we call fast fashion. Right. Mm-hmm. And that the customer that they were focusing on really, really left them for H&M. Yeah. And I can just see that because those kids were like... Yeah, because they were doing the same thing. Right. Yeah. Right. So um, they then, um, they were going to um, change their points of view and they were going to stop going so overly sexualized. And now, you know, they would every time they would have an opening... They would have these guys with their shirts off standing at the front mm-hmm. of the store, right? And these girls in bikini tops, and they everyone that worked there was um, <laughs> was <laughs> called. They were called models, right? They were not called sales associates. They were called models, uh-huh. and there was employee. There was a model, uh-huh. and their part of their business plan was that they were to act as models and be aloof. And then their regeneration of their company in the mm. mid-2010s or whatever it was, uh-huh. they decided, no, we should now have them help people in the dressing room. There was literally a directive that, okay, let's stop being aloof and now start helping people. Wow. I realized, I thought they were just, like, greeters and just eye candy. No. The I didn't entire know were... store was that. Wow. Yeah. It was, it was like... Cray, cray. Um, one of the things they were really known for was this photography from Bruce Weber mm-hmm. and all these beautiful black and white books. And they would do semi-nude males and females for all the sexuality everywhere. And there was like an A&F casting feature on its website. I so remember. people were sending pictures of uh-huh. themselves in their underwear to this fashion brand. Mm-hmm. Um, and they kept saying near luxury lifestyle concept. So they would set themselves up, like for example, when they opened in 2005 on Fifth Avenue, this mm-hmm. flagship, it was next door to Prada. I remember that. And I remember that too. And it was a beautiful space. Yeah, the music I, was loud. Yeah. And I remember, <laughs> and it, was, it was loud music and you went in there and it smelled like a big perfume bottle. And mm-hmm. I remember walking in there expecting it based on its location and the experience from outside that it was gonna be this whole new product Mm-mm, and you got that. in there and it was just shelves and shelves of the same polo shirts and cargo shorts uh-huh. and i was just like what on earth is happening <laughs> and i remember it opened during fashion week when i was covering fashion week for the style network uh-huh. and i was like what are we supposed to do? i go oh we're not going there like what are no. we what are we even supposed to do Mm-mm, with that no it was like a whole it was a whole thing um, so then they had really bad earnings and again in 2014 and they then decided to drop the logo branded apparel and um, saying that it no longer resonates with its target market mm-hmm. and that they're really now starting to get their they want their clients to be the over 21 year old now I'm going to tell you. Now, I might have been, <laughs> I might have been slightly intoxicated, but I was in Las Vegas on my birthday about three years ago. Okay. And I went into an Abercrombie uh-huh. store. Uh-huh. And I bought a no. pair of jeans there. How did that go? They're <laughs> my favorite jeans. Really? They're a narrow pin leg. Super, so the fit's good. The fit was amazing. And they really? were like... $68 or something. Huh. So I, they really are trying to go after people that, you know, were never that. And they want that older client now that has that money to buy that, that wants to buy into feeling younger, I think. But they're really... It's it's just... I had a problem with seeing a lot of long-in-the-tooth, shall we say, gentlemen in cargo shorts, like if they were on a college camp- campus. Yeah, well, there was all that. I mean, I, I remember seeing lots of guys, and I'm just... <laughs> 
there was an episode of Will and Grace where <laughs> where Jack was like, "You are too old for that." He's like, I'm not too old. Right. Or, and then he was getting bo- no, it was an episode where he was getting Botox with Karen. Will finally goes in to get Botox, and the guy goes, "Here we go." Boop boop. Puts two little dots in his forehead. He goes, "I just want to look great in an Abercrombie polo shirt." He's like, "Oh." Exactly. Adam was like ten shots of Botox. Exactly. Because it was like such a um a crazy thing to me about that. Now, what I noticed during all that story mm-hmm. is that it really went away from what the brand was. Like the brand originally was this amazing adventure brand. Yeah. If you think about it. And there's no reference to the adventure anymore. No. Well, there's a whole world starting in 2002 of product criticism. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. And they have done some of the worst things in the world when it comes to fashion. And I don't know, when I read these, I'm going to read these to you, just that you listen to them. Okay. And you're going to wonder if they just honestly did them to upset people for the press. Okay? I'm sure. So, <clears throat> in 2002, Abercrombie Kids... Removed a line of thong underwear Stop. sold for girls Stop. in pre-teen children's sizes. Stop. Did you say thong? Thong. No, I'm not done. Oh, my God. And the underwear, the thong underwear included phrases like eye candy and wink wink printed on the front. Oh, my God. <laughs> I mean. That, that's calculating. That's for like 11, 12-year-old. I mean. That's right. calculating and, and, and a little weird. Isn't that the dark. time of Honey Boo Boo and all that? You know Honey Boo Boo was running around in a little Abercrombie thong that said, Ah, candy and wink wink. Oh, no. Yes. I mean, what <laughs> is that? Okay. Then more t-shirt controversies occurred in 2004. The first incident involved a shirt featuring the phrase, It's all relative in West Virginia. A jab at the alleged incestuous relationships in rural America. Wow. Then the West Virginia governor, Bob Weiss, spoke out against the company and depicting an unfounded negative stereotype of West Virginia. But the shirts were not removed. Later, another t-shirt that said L is for loser. Oh my God. Next to a picture of a male gymnast on the rings gathered publicity. Wow. The company stopped selling that shirt in 2004 after the USA Gymnastics Team President Bob Colarossi announced a boycott. Wow. Oh, yeah. Wait for this one. Uh-oh. In 2005, the um. Women and Girls Foundation of Southwest Pennsylvania launched a girl cot, which I thought was super clever from a boycott to a girl cot. I've never heard that cot. term. I like that. I mean, girls, please steal this and do this again. Girl but a girl cot. cot of the store to protest. The sale of t-shirts displaying messages such as, here are the t-shirts that Abercrombie and Fitch was selling. I have a theory, but go ahead. Who needs brains when you have these? Oh my God. Available for parties. (gasps) I had a nightmare. I was a brunette. (laughs) Wow. The campaign received national coverage on the Today Show and the company pulled the shirts from stores on November 5th. Five days after this, so they're doing this on purpose, it sounds I, it's like. It's got to be, right? Because it's one after the other. Right. And then the company pulled two of the shirts from its shelves, released an apology um, for producing the t-shirts, and agreed to have corporate executives meet with girl cot girls at the company headquarters. Okay? I would then, love a picture of that meeting. But I uh, mean, and then Bob Jones University, a non-denominational Protestant university in uh, South Carolina. Don't mess with the Bible. Here we go. Don't mess with the Bible. Um... They ha- they prohibited A&F and Hollister clothing from being worn, carried, or displayed on its campuses yep. because of an unusual degree of antagonism to the name of Christ and an unusual display of wickedness in the company's promotions. <laughs> Sinners. And my favorite was the line after that was, was, after the company raised its price was in 2004, its products have also been described as overpriced. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then the last one was, you know, just because they can't get over themselves, they did all these t-shirts, and one shirt proclaims, show the twins, (gasps) above a picture of a young woman with her blouse open to two men. Two other shirts say, female, streaking, encouraged, and female students wanted for sexual research. Unacceptable. I mean, it feels to me like some ding-dong printing out, like, t-shirts to try and sell at some weird store. Like, not a national brand. Now, sex is recreation lifestyle, 
is where they're being described by the American Family Association. Now, I'm not sure that I need to, I, I'm not sure where I stand with their point of view about that kind of stuff, but it's mm-hmm. interesting how they got themselves pigeonholed. Mm-hmm. Um, now, the other thing that's interesting about this brand is 65% of the merchandise is made. I mean, well, yeah. overseas, it's all 100%, excuse me. 65% of the merch, 65% uh-huh. higher is how much you're going to pay for this if you buy it overseas. So a jacket that's $100 yeah. is $165 in Paris. And they have 900 stores. They have 854 stores in the world. Okay? Now, there was an interview done in 2006. You- <laughs> this is the CEO. This is the main boss at Abercrombie. This is his quote. His. Keyword is his. His quote. Continue. That's why we hire good-looking people in our stores. Because good-looking people attract other good-looking people. And we want to market to cool, good-looking people. We don't market to anyone other than that. In every school, there are the cool and popular kids. I want to see a picture of this And man. then there are the not-so-cool kids. Candidly, we go after the cool kids. <gasps> we go after the attractive all-American kid with a great attitude, with a great attitude and a lot of friends. A lot of people don't belong in our clothes, and they can't belong. Are we exclusionary? Absolutely. Mean girls, basically. <laughs> wow. And like, in plain sight. Got it. In plain sight and like owning it. I mean, he later came back and I want to see a picture of this guy. I mean, he's not that hot. I mean, I, 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 based I, on that, he should be super hot. <laughs> In 2016, Abercrombie & Fitch internationally did $3.3 billion. It's a lot of money. 2017, they did $3.5 billion. Really? 2018, they did $3.59 billion. 2019, they did $3.6 billion. I bet you anything, most of that money was overseas. And then 2020, it's not. Really? It's just not. It's just not because almost all the stores are in the States. And then 2020, they dropped down $3 billion. So here what was interesting is that their net nets um, were interesting. So Mm -hmm. in... 2018, they netted $74 million. And in 20 and in 2019, they netted $40 million. And there's just like it's so many different line items and things that'll impact the bottom line. Mm-hmm. And then in 2020, they lost $114 million, which I think is probably gonna be on par for most brands. I think mm-hmm. that, you know, yeah. it, I thought it would actually be more yeah. that they only lost that 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 amount there. But I, so I kind of got through this, you know, I talked, last time I talked about the row, Mm -hmm. and it was just like this brand integrity, and finding their vision, and the perfectly curated t-shirts for $400, like, that's one thing, but to, to read through this, and to have this sense of, it feels to me, I love those jeans, okay, but it feels to me like a brand just out there trying to make a buck. Oh, 100%, and And it's it's also the old way of thinking. Yeah. You know. Yeah, there's like not a... I mean, I know that now they're trying diversity. I went on their website. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was diversity, diversity, diversity. I mean, it was every race. They had a a black child in a wheelchair. Like, Uh it was uh going, like, full on. Look, we're including everyone now. They're about 30 years late, but okay. I I mean, 30 (laughs) years late, which I think is great. But I also feel like as I look at it, I continue to think... You know, what would it have been is if when they took that over in 1978 and limited company had it, if they mm-hmm. were to just stay true to that adventure brand yeah. and created things around that and designed or make jackets and stuff that were about adventure. Because right. people make, want adventure. Make adventure fun and yeah. fashionable. That's, and you could that's even smart. have adventure be sexy. You yeah. Could do what a, you could do a female cargo pant that's got like 5% lycra in it and fitted like uh-huh. a lady. There's tons of You could of do anoraks and really cool fabrics and neon and colors. colors. You could right. do all this stuff. And they just missed the boat and they just went straight to... I believe they just went straight to market research. What's going to sell? What's going to get us attention? Mm -hmm. What's going to have our brand be relevant? And I, I, um, I just find it interesting as they've dissipated and they're really slowly disappearing. I think they're, they used to be at the Grove. They're gone from the Grove. They're gone from Fifth Avenue. Mm -mm. And I think that that's, um, you know, they had it coming. They did. They They had had it coming. coming. It was right there all the time. 
Okay, there we go. We're going to lose so much money paying musical rights to all these different people. That was Chicago, in case you couldn't guess from our beautiful voices. And from our Broadway production. And from our Broadway production. Of what you're wearing. Of what you're wearing. And, and that was today's brand feed. Do you have any questions on that? I mean, I... I and there were also, by the way, there were other t-shirts and stuff that you can go and look online that I'm not even willing and they were comfortable offensive. to, to they say were them offensive. right now. They were offensive stuff. But it, it makes sense on the source and like who the the, the top of the heap. Yeah. That's where all of that Because he was with came. them a long time. And I think I can get it. Having been in college, I can get like a fraternity guy thinking it's funny to buy a t-shirt. Totally. But that was the demographic when yeah. they did all of that stuff. Yeah. But I mean, it's also think about that time period. Could you imagine a guy wearing that now to a university? I just don't. Well, no, think, no, not now. I just don't. A think. lot of those T-shirts that you spoke on, they couldn't sell those now. I don't think so. Uh uh-uh. I just don't think so. Anyway. Uh-uh. Um. Okay. So I have one. What do you have? What do you question have? Question for you as we're wrapping up here. Dime. Okay. That's what tell me in is, Spanish. Is this I was th- what did you say? Dime. That's tell me in Spanish. Oh my gosh. Dime. 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 Oh. <laughs> that's enough. Okay. Um, so, what's one fashion thing yes. that you can't Ooh. wait to do when things open up again? What fashion thing that I can't wait to do? Yeah. That I haven't been doing? Yeah. Because I've been trying to do it. Um. I mean, come on. Is it clear? I, I, uh, I know the answer. There's so many. It's Fashion Week in New York. Right. Oh, well, yes. Thank you. <laughs> well, I don't know what you're thinking about over there. I'm I had to come up with something different because I knew you were going to say that. But, you uh, are always going to have Jay running around New York, right. going to all the shows. Photographed. In person. Three outfit changes a day. Yes, yes. Don't go to shows with William because people will literally look at you and go, Sir, can you step away? We need a picture with William. Can you please step away? I'm like, let me hold your purse, lady. Thanks, doll. <laughs> I think my one fashion event are um, really chic fashion luncheons where I tell a client, let's meet at the St. Regis mm-hmm. and oh, yeah. up on the roof and oh, they're yeah. in their Chanel and oh, their yeah. cleaves and I'm dressed and we're just having like yeah. this fabulous fashion lunch and not even like having to be on a rooftop, but being inside the Jean George again mm-hmm. or being um, inside Bo and just having those experiences. Having those experiences that we took for granted at the That time. we took for granted and then really doing it from that like dressing up. And a lot of the store parties, you know, Hermes had such that, Uh there's only so many fashion events Uh and fashion parties. I just can't wait to have those come again where we can go and do that. Yeah. And tradition for me is every fashion week, I always have lunch by myself. At Bergdorf Bergdorf Goodman. Goodman. I know. And how everybody, and since it's fashion week, everyone's done it. And I don't know how you think you're going to do that in the future without me sitting there annoying you. (laughs) And those high back chairs echo. All right, everyone, please like, listen, and, and share. 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 Oh, yeah, share. <laughs> Thanks for listening. We love you. We love you. Bye.